to episode 3213 of the Survival Podcast, and we are live streaming today on all the video platforms. Other than Twitter, and I don't know why I have a trouble ticket in with StreamYard, but it's not like Twitter people are not mad at me. Elon didn't ban me or anything. Uh, but we're not on YouTube today. We're not on YouTube because I was put in YouTube jail, as I said earlier this week, for a week. And I am in YouTube jail for a video that I released in July of 2021. And somebody at YouTube just now found out that it was full of dangerous disinformation. So I thought, what the hell, guys? If they're going to ban me from YouTube for the week, yeah, I can backfill the videos and what have you. But why not just take a day to talk about COVIDs on platforms that actually care about your freedom to speak and be heard? And if anybody takes exception to what I have to say on these platforms, then you'll just have to come talk to me and debate with me instead of, you know, shutting a person off by cutting out their tongue. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about COVID and where things stand in the end of 2022, three years into this madness. And I called today's show, The Pandemic is Over, Long Live the Pandemic. Maybe I should have called it The Pandemic is Dead Long live the pandemic. I actually decided that was a better title for today's show, but I already made the graphics, so I didn't feel like remaking the graphics. A little bit of laziness creeping in on a Thursday. Anyway, we're going to talk about uh, just a ton of shit. I guarantee you if I put this video on YouTube, it will get taken down, and I'll be in, in YouTube prison for two weeks this time on Strike 2. Uh, your strikes go away, but your warnings don't. So once you've had any warnings, there's always a warning. So any strike equals a one-week YouTube jail stay. Anyway, before we get into that, let's go ahead and remind you about some ways you can help support this show and the work that we do. Right now is a great time to join the Members Support Brigade. It's on sale, 35 bucks a year. And I have individual discount supporters alone that will more than cover that for you. Some excellent stuff in the world of CBD and things like that. Uh, butcher Box, 10 bucks a month. That's $120 a year if you're a Butcher Box member that you save by being a member in my program. Tons of other benefits and ways to get your money back and support the show that will tell you the truth about things that other people won't. Uh, become a member today. Just go to survivalpodcast.com. Uh, forward slash members to learn more or click on members on the website from anywhere. Next up, I've got something that I really want. I'm going to bring up on the screen for those watching the video. I want to show you guys I'm pretty excited about it. New item in the swag shop. I've talked about this for a long time. I've called myself Redneck Hippie Duck Farmer forever. We finally have them, guys. Redneck Hippie Duck Farmer shirts. I have a feeling this will not be the only design for Redneck Hippie Duck Farmers, and there'll be other ones coming. Right now, we have two versions of the shirt. The one that I'm showing you on the screen right now is uh, is a large design on the front. So that's the front of the shirt that you're looking at. they got the duck, the Redneck Hippie Duck Farmer going on, a couple different color options and things like that. We have another design, which is a little bit different version of the same logo as a pocket logo with that larger design on the back. And, of course, you can find all the cool stuff uh, at tspswag.com. And there's links to those two specific designs 
in the show notes for you today. And so definitely think about helping us out by picking some stuff up from the swag shop. With that, let's go ahead and, and, and start talking about this. I am keeping an eye over here on Rumble on the other screen as I can. I'm having to switch back and forth between my notes and Rumble. I think I'm going to get a second monitor on this new computer since it'll do a, a good job with that so I can do a little bit better job using these other platforms. I will also see, I should see your comments if you're watching on Facebook. If you make a comment on Facebook, I should see that come in. They sometimes do, sometimes don't. Uh, I will definitely see your comments come in if you're watching on Twitch. And I want to say something to you guys watching on Rumble. Thank, thank you for watching on Rumble. My videos live or otherwise have never gotten any views on Rumble. This week, uh, the Rumble videos are getting 1,500, 1,800 views uh, in a day, which is crazy different from the way that it's been. And I guess it's because I'm not on YouTube. I'm not sure. But all of a sudden, getting some love on Rumble. So thank you, guys. And since that's happening, next week when we're back on YouTube, I will keep the live stream running to Rumble instead of just letting the import take it in a day later. All right. With that, let's talk. I, I, I got... Tons of links in the notes today. I'm not going to be pulling them up on screen. I'm going to try to roll through this. There's a lot to cover. I want to keep it at about an hour, so I'm not going to be doing that. But anything that you doubt or anything you want to proof point on, go look up this episode. Go look up an episode that got me put in YouTube prison last winter uh, as well. I'll put a link in the show notes to that where I covered a lot of this and a lot of other aspects, and that's all sourced as well. But there are four videos, books, etc. type things, documentaries that I think you really should avail yourself of watching. And I've made sure you can watch them, uh, the ones that are in video anyway, by putting them on Odyssey. And uh, I have links in the show notes to them. But the first one is was just released. It's by Stu Peterson, and it's called Died Suddenly. And it goes into how many blood clots are being found in people who have been vaccinated. And these are odd, very odd blood clots that you can't really explain away. Today's show is not going to be all about that. So I'm not going to dig deep into it, but I mean, things like morticians are finding these things, etc. There's some pretty graphic imagery of it. If you look it up on Google at all, you will find that it, if you just put in died suddenly documentary or something like that, that the mainstream media is just full on, it's it's discredited, it's debunked. They haven't even seen it. It's discredited and debunked. Uh, wild conspiracy theories. And I want you to keep that term in your head today. Wild conspiracy theories. Because I have a whole shitload list of about 20 wild conspiracy theories that are now known facts about this whole thing. So died suddenly by Stu Peterson. There's a book called The Real Anthony Fauci by Robert Kennedy Jr. The, the audio on that book's over 20 hours. I listened to it. It was hard to get through, but it was worth doing. But there's also a movie version. It's only like an hour and 50 minutes long. So obviously it leaves a little a lot out. But it is uh, based on the book, and it would be worth watching. And I have that for you on Odyssey as well. And then the two Joe Rogan interviews, one with Dr. Robert Malone and the other with Dr. Peter McCullough, both, by the way, Mr. Elon Musk, who are still banned from Twitter for no damn good reason. Um, those interviews with Joe Rogan sparked all kinds of outrage and people losing their mind and gnashing their teeth. And I really recommend both of those. And I also have those on Odyssey where no one can make them go away. Maybe I should add them to Rumble as well. I don't know. All right. So 
there's like where I would start if you have any doubt about anything that I'm going to tell you today. And I'm going to tell you before I start going into all of the things that we now know are true and we've watched play out over the year. Why am I doing this show today? Is it just because I'm pissed off because I'm not on YouTube and I might as well? A little bit, but not really. I think this is one of the most important things that we can discuss, period, right now. I think it's incredibly important that we do not forget. We do not forget what they have done. Because what they have done is horrible. But it's also the blueprint for every PSYOP that ever has been or ever will be run on the people of the world and specifically the American people. The playbook was so out in the open that every single thing that they do became so obvious that the only way you don't see it is either your IQ is sub-70 or you don't want to see it. And, and trust me, folks, there's a whole lot of not-stupid people that have been made stupid like Bonhoeffer's theory of stupidity that don't want to see it. And it's feigned stupidity. But I don't see the thing right in front of my face. If you see it, you need to examine it. Not to convince your neurotic neighbor or your neurotic sister or your neurotic brother that you're right and they can stop getting clot shots and wearing a mask. So that you will see it when it happens again and again and again in much more subtle ways. It is not often that we get mass psychosis in a way where the government, the media, and the oligarchy all come together and say, we don't have to even pretend we can just lay it all out. So that's why we're doing this, because I don't want you to ever forget. And sometimes I say, I won't forgive, and I hear from some of y'all, I go, well, I have to forgive because the Bible tells me to or whatever. That's good for you if you want to if you want to take that approach. But I believe that even when you invoke religion, you forgive people when they are repentant, when they apologize, when they own their actions. If you want to forgive out of some sense of nobility or internal peace, it's fine. I will never forgive these people for what they have done, and I, and I, and I don't advocate forgiving them either. So what did us so-called conspiracy theorists get right? This isn't chronological, but the first one is about as early as it gets. And that is that the videos that were coming out of China in the early days of, like, guys walking around in paper suits spraying down shit, and other guys walking around falling over and dying were fake. I remember saying that before we even had a confirmed case of COVID here in the United States. I remember saying it on Facebook, and I remember being vehemently attacked by people that I thought were my friends. You don't know anything. Well, I was a genius last week. Now I don't know anything, right? And it's because they were, I didn't hold it against them. They were scared. And I just looked at it, and I didn't look at it with fear. I looked at it objectively and I said, this is fake as shit. This isn't how this works. Now, I can't find a person that you can show those early videos to now who will claim that they're authentic. And there's a reason they won't claim that they're authentic. And that's because the COVID came here. We had the COVID here. They showed you all these numbers of people dying or whatever. Nobody ever saw anybody fall over in the street and die of COVID. So once... You were exposed to reality. Non-reality became obvious. But they showed you things that, I, I'm telling you, not did the, the Chinese CCP, 
right? It's not just the Chinese knew it was bullshit. Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, at all. That means others, by the way. <laughs> all knew it was fake when they played it for you. They knew it was fake. You can't look at that and believe it if you are taking the viewpoint of a journalist that would have to get some level of confirmation that it was real. None. Absolutely zero. Attempt was made to verify that those people were actually kind of COVID before they ran that footage. It was fake. Next, the vaccine is not a vaccine. It's a genetic therapy. Now, look. Um... This was one that was heavily attacked as being a crazy conspiracy theory. And the part of the formula that you need to pay attention to here is the fact that they changed the argument before they refuted the argument. So what people said was mRNA therapy is mRNA therapy. It is a genetic therapy. It is not a vaccine. And if you go, and I, I just made an adjustment to make sure it's in the right place. If you look at page 19 of Moderna's filing with the Security and Exchange Commission, Moderna says that mRNA is a genetic therapy. It goes on to say it doesn't permanently alter your genetics. At least that's the theory. Now, there were some people out there saying it did, but what most people were simply saying is this is, a gene, this is gene therapy. So what the media did is they changed it to say their, their crazy theory is that it's genetically modifying human beings, you know, into space aliens and making them into magnets. And they added all of this shit that I believe was put out by controlled opposition. And then they said it's not true, but it is true. The vaccine's not a vaccine. They changed the definition of vaccine in the United States government, in the CDC, et cetera, so that they could call it a vaccine. Now, why would they do that? Why would they change the definition? There was two reasons they did it, two primary ones. One was because you could make an argument then like, I believe in vaccines. I believe that vaccines work. I've heard people in alternative media make that same statement. That aren't full-on apologists for the state. I'm, I'm speaking particularly one I'm thinking of now, Bitcoin pastor Peter, uh, uh, podcaster Peter McCormack, what, you know, of what Bitcoin did. He said, I heard him say multiple times when he brought this up, I believe vaccines work. And, and I'd love to say, so what makes you just take all vaccines and lump them together into this one thing that gets judged as one thing? So they did it because people think that way. If, I call, if we called it a genetic uh, preemptive therapy, which would be an accurate way to describe it, right? A, 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 a genetic therapy used as a prophylactic, okay, would be accurate. Then people might say, well, wait a minute. What is this genetic therapy shit? I'm not too happy about all this. But if you say it's a vaccine, well, I believe in vaccines. What do you want to, what are you, an anti-vaxxer? So they did it for that. But the other reason they did it is so it would fall as a vaccine under the protection that the government has given vaccine manufacturers so they can never be sued. Because if it's not a vaccine, you can't do that. It's the same reason now they're trying to get it on the, the, the child's schedule. They put it, the CDC put it on the recommend children's schedule of vaccines for schools. So now that it's no longer emergency youth authorization, it's still protected that way. So it's, it's so the children can get vaccinated. 
but it's only for the children to get vaccinated. But if you get an injection at 50 and it kills you, you're they're, you're they're protected from your family suing them. That's why they did that. And and it, it's obvious right now that it's not a vaccine. The vaccine would affect reproductive health was something that I said. I said this. I don't think that there was a vaccine yet. Like no one had even been given a test dose of it yet. They were just talking about it and how they would make it and all. And I said, I have no proof of this. It is just my gut that this will have an adverse effect on reproduction. And we know that there were women, for instance, that had been through menopause that had not menstruated for 10 years. They got the vaccine and all of a sudden had menstruation. What? But don't worry. There's no lasting impact. Hold on a second. And you have to start asking yourself a question like, well, is it menstruation? Or is it just blood? And that just happens to be how it came out. Like, like, because we have all these clots and things. Who knows? But then how do we know what this is going to do to a girl that has not yet or is in the middle of going through puberty long term? And the answer is we don't know. We do know that we've heard a lot about fertility rates lately and, you know, claims about microplastics and male sperm counts and um, all these things I think are legitimate, by the way. But when you see the media, I'm saying watch the fingerprints. They start bringing out all this information like, well, you know, sperm counts are down X since 1950. Well, they were down X minus like point one three years ago, but you weren't talking about it. But now you're talking. Now you're making an excuse because we were also told what there was going to be a baby boom, a covid baby boom. Everybody had to stay home. Everybody's going to make more babies. No baby boom came. No baby boom came. I think we can conclusively say at this point that the vaccines had some level of an effect on reproductivity. I'm not going to say that they've, you know, shit canned it for good or whatever, but it definitely has. Next, the vaccine has serious life-threatening side effects, myocarditis in youth, et cetera. We've had athletes dropping dead all over the place. I have a section we're going to go through, so I won't go deep into it now, where I talk about what's being done to keep the, the pandemic alive by the government and media. Uh, but they're making excuses right now on young people dying because their diets aren't well. You know, they don't have good diets. They're eating bad food or whatever. But a lot of these kids that are dying, and I call them kids, they could be anywhere from their teens up to their early 30s. These people are athletes. They're training every day. They're highly physically conditioned. And they're dropping over dead. The VAERS database alone has tens of thousands of reported deaths and adverse reactions to the vaccine. And they tell you not to look at it. It's inaccurate. Well, it is inaccurate because it's underreported. So the, the, the fingerprint on this is that you have people literally dying in front of you to the point where if you put died suddenly in Google, now you find thousands of results for it. And they actually changed, the news people changed the Fenord headline from died suddenly to died unexpectedly because it started to become an embarrassment. But they'll tell you it, you don't see it, it's not happening, it's not there. We watch people get an injection and three days later they're dead. Otherwise healthy, young, strong, athletic people, but it didn't happen. They'll just lie, they don't care. 
It doesn't matter to them. We also said the virus likely came from a lab in China. This went from being a complete non-starter, crazy conspiracy theory. We absolutely know it came from a wet market in Wuhan, not the viral lab down the street around the corner that is investigating and playing around with coronaviruses. It just didn't, it didn't make sense from the beginning. I actually thought in the very beginning that maybe this is a conspiracy theory. Maybe this is just, just a conspiracy theory. I guess conspiracy theory doesn't necessarily mean wrong, right? But maybe it's not just a conspiracy theory. But maybe it is. Because you, you know, this type of thing is what, what the resistance, if you want to call it that, always jumps to the most extreme counter argument, right? So I looked at it and I said, well, you know, it is, it is kind of damning that there's literally like a coronavirus research laboratory in the place this started. And, and, and we're not really even supposed to look at it. But when I saw how hard they resisted it, when the voices saying it were so minimal, then I knew it was true. That's the fingerprint to see here. And now, well, it's, it went from complete conspiracy theory. Uh, Fauci called it a shiny object. Don't look at it. To, well, it's, it's a possible theory. Then it became a plausible theory. And I think right, right now, the official U.S. governmental stance on it, which should be considered an act of war and, 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 and at least something that should be done something about, is it's most probable, it's most probable that it did come from a lab in Wuhan. This is the most probable explanation. Gee, you caught up. But we also funded it. That Fauci's department funded this research in this lab. This is also true. But what Fauci has said in his defense is what? What? Well, really smart people looked at it and said it doesn't meet the definition of gain of function. Okay, sure. The same really smart people that told you the vaccine was safe and effective. Those people, right? But no, lawyers. So he's tap dancing around the legality here. Did he violate the law or not? But there's something nobody said about this. Not that I've heard yet say anything about this yet. It's very important to understand. We chipped in like 600 grand toward one guy's research in this lab. Do you think the Chinese Wuhan viral research facility needed $600,000 of, of government money from the United States to do this? No. China, just like us, prints money when it wants money. Everything's under government control. They can fund anything they want, and all they have to do is not buy a few bonds on any given day, and they got six hundred grand plus, a couple million that they could put into this. They didn't need the money. So why'd they take the money? Because they knew it would happen. They knew it would happen. Our government would run cover fire for them. Do you think... If Fauci's hands weren't dirty as shit, that he would have put as much effort as he did in rallying the troops around saying it didn't come from there. If you think about it, if you remove the funding by Fauci's uh, NIH of the Wuhan lab, there's actually no reason for Fauci or the United States government to say China didn't do it and it didn't come from a lab. As soon as you put that in there, the objection to it makes sense. 
Because no matter where it came from, the response should be the same. It should be based on the threat that it poses. So the only reason, in my opinion, that Fauci at all freaking defended that, that claim was because they knew they were tied to it. And I've just never heard anybody say that. Specifically that that, that would be the motivation for the Chinese to make sure we had some funding coming into that lab in case something happened like this by accident or design. Next, we said very early on the vaccine doesn't pre- prevent infection. It doesn't prevent spread. This is obviously true at this point. In fact, the same people that said that it did now have come out and said that it doesn't and that nobody ever said that it did. I can literally show you Michelle Walensky saying, if you get this vaccine, you're not going to get COVID or spread it to others. And I can show you months later, Michelle Walensky, head of the CDC, saying that no one ever said it actually was 100% effective. But what it will do is it'll keep you from getting really, really sick. Maybe, probably, kind of. Same part. I can show you Joe Biden on video saying, if you get this vaccine, you're not going to get COVID. I can show you Bill Gates, medical expert Bill Gates, who made shitty software, saying the same thing. I can show you Anthony Fauci saying, if you get the vaccine, you will not get or transmit the disease. We said it was a lie. It was already obviously a lie. There were already enough people who had gotten COVID after getting the vaccine and transmitted COVID after getting the vaccine to know it was a lie. But they defended it out in the open, and then they just changed what they said, and they said they never said the thing that they said before. This is what I'm talking about. They've never had such a huge collective mass delusion of these people willing to believe whatever they were told. So they've never been this open with their dishonesty before. They really haven't. Absolute scum. Don't forget what we're talking about. I know some of you are like, why is he talking about this today? This is old news. I already know this. But do you remember it? Knowing something and remembering something are not the same thing. This is a case textbook study in understanding government psychological operations and control of a population and an advancement of agenda using a disaster as an excuse to get it done. It's never been this open or obvious before, and it may never be this open or obvious again. We should be teaching kids this 20, 30 years from now, how to recognize when this is being done based on the obvious footprint that comes out of this. Right. So we knew it didn't work. We said it didn't work and we were shut down for it. We also said masks do not stop the spread of respiratory viruses. Now, when I said this, I had all kinds of people angry with me. And I would say, do you know that there have been um, 12 randomized controlled trials about this question? Twelve. That's the gold standard. That is the scientific gold standard for efficacy, a random controlled trial. The first one was done in 1947, and the last one was done and concluded in the middle of 2019 before anybody heard the word COVID. And the question was, does masking people with surgical masks reduce the spread of respiratory viral diseases like the flu? And the answer was conclusively in all 12 of them, no, it does not. So before they even used the word COVID, we already knew this didn't work. If you get a box, the surgical masks come in, it will say on there, it does not prevent the spread of viral diseases like coronavirus right on the box. So they knew they were lying. 
they told the truth and then they lied and then they told the truth and then they lied. This is common with liars. They keep changing their story, right? In the beginning, Fauci actually was honest about masks. He said, there's no sense in walking around with a mask. It doesn't do anything. It might make you feel better, but that's it. Next thing you know, we're mandating masks everywhere. They don't work. They can't work. And the biggest objection I hear from the people that are still true believers in the COVIDian cult is the most, it shows your ignorance to make this objection. Well, then why do doctors wear them in surgery? The reason a doctor wears surgical masks during surgery is they're actually quite effective about preventing the spread of oral bacteria into an open wound. That is it. That is the only reason. Bacteria are giants compared to viruses. When you breathe out and you have a viral infection, you are spreading and spewing that virus into the room, into the air, everywhere. In, in, in just microscopic levels. A, a, a surgical mask does nothing to prevent you from exhaling virus or inhaling virus. It, I don't care how it, I don't care if you tape the edges up so it's, well, it has to be sealed. You can't seal a surgical mask. They don't have one. But if they did, if you duct taped it to your face, it still just passes through like water through a chain link fence. People were banned for it. People still get banned. If I made this video on YouTube and all I said was, Surgical masks do not prevent the spread of COVID. Here's 12 random control trials that say so. I would get banned for that. Right out in the open. This is a thing that is not true, was never true, and everybody knows it's not true, except the people that have been deluded by the lie. But everybody in power knows this isn't true. But it's about control and compliance and a symbol that you agree with what the state says. It's wearing your badge that says you're allowed to be around. And it is part of the footprint here. The hospital numbers and death count were fake, backdated, and falsely attributed. I have a source link to prove that. And, and this is this is not hard to understand at all if you just simply, like, go look at official data and read the definitions that go with the data. So, for instance, I started following uh, way back in the beginning of this the official reporting by the state of Texas for COVID cases on a daily basis, deaths, hospitalizations, etc. So you will see a, a, a stat in there that says how many COVID patients are in Texas hospitals. And then, but there's a definition subset. And if you go look at the de definition subset, what does that mean? That means a person who is in the hospital that's tested positive for COVID. It has nothing to do about why they're in the hospital. So when you're at a point where, let's say, 4% of a population has COVID, whether they're really sick or not, and most cases are asymptomatic or mildly symptomatic, you're going to have tons of people that still go to the hospital. And about 4% of the people that go to the hospital, being a pretty good sample of the population, will test positive for COVID, and they're COVID patients. COVID patients on, uh, on respirators, right? Well, you think that means they have to be on COVID respirator because they have COVID. Quite frequently, these are old people that are dying of respiratory disorders, and they'll just test them and test them and test them and test them until they get a positive result. And I confirm that with ER nurses and doctors that it is, or I'm sorry, uh, ICU nurses and doctors that was being done. And they justified it. They didn't admit it. They justified it and said, we know what we're looking at, so of course we'll test it until we get a positive. I don't think that's how science works, but it is how money works because 
the minute that patient has COVID, there's a whole shitload of government money that hospital gets at a time when the hospitals were going broke. But the hospital numbers, the death count was fake, backdated. I have old screenshots if you go through my MeWe profile where I show that on any given day, Texas might say there's X number of new reported deaths from COVID. But you go back and look, and some of the deaths, two or three of them would be from a year prior added to the graph. And if you look at what they did with the graph now, they put these little white ticks over every bar on the everyday bar on the graph to make it harder to find when they're doing that. But it was right there in plain sight if you wanted to look at it. And on that note, do you remember, and this is really important, when they're reporting things as fact, when they're using things that are psychologically impactful, and they're showing you this uh, and, and, and driving it home as though it's absolutely the case, but there's no possible way they could actually know what they say they know. The death counter. Where'd the death counters go, guys? Did they stop working? Remember it? They would have in the bot, like 24 7 news coverage of the scandemic, and they'd have how many people died, and the number was constantly going up in real time. Where'd you get that number from? The answer is they didn't get that number from anywhere. That number was a, a, a graphic created by a graphics person. It was tied to nothing. It was never tied to anything. They gave you the impression that like reporting was coming in from all over the world and the numbers in real time were updating. What they did to try to have a semblance of reality was take the reported deaths from the past and the projections to the future and said, there should be X number of deaths, X number of new infections today. Then divide that by the number of minutes in a day and have it count based on a projection. That's what that was. Did anybody ever tell you that's what that was? If you listen to me, I told you that's what it was. Can you make a case that it was anything else? Where, where, where would you get? Real-time reporting of the total number of deaths in the world in the United States that you could put up like that when the official data often has deaths backdated two months, three months to a year. Now, three years into it, they're still doing it. They didn't have, they didn't know where their ass was in March, April, May of 2020. How could they possibly have had that? They couldn't. So why did they do it? They did it to control your fucking mind, people. That's why they did it. They did it to control your fucking mind. And God bless many of you, it worked on you. It was like, oh, my God. But that's why I had people shrieking at me that it was people like me that was going to kill their grandmother in Oregon when I live in Texas because I went fishing without a mask on by myself in the woods. That's I've had people say that to me. This is mass psychosis. Mass psychosis, the country was put into, and that was one of the tools. In the future, anytime you see something that has a huge psychological impact being thrown up on a news screen across the board and all the channels, recognize it. Recognize it for what it is and ask yourself, could this be real? Especially when it's something numeric like that. They don't know. There's not real-time reporting of something like that. It was bullshit. Next, did they would attempt to make the vaccine mandatory and use it to limit movement, they would have vaccine passports and stuff like that. Obviously, that's true now. We've seen it happen. 
If Biden had his way, about a third of the employees in the United States would have had no choice but to get a vaccine. He tried to mandate that through OSHA. It fell apart eventually. Tons of people got the vaccine, though, before that fell apart because employers were scared. Do you know right now you might hear some advertisements that say you can get money back from the from the IRS if you had X number of employees who survived COVID? Do you know what the requirement is, though, to get the money? that your employees are vaccinated. They're still pushing for it. But we've ha- we have countries where, like in China, they have a vax pass. They had a whole bunch of people. They just changed everybody's to yellow, orange, red, whatever it was, so they couldn't leave a, a city. China has built a multi-hundred-mile fence on its southern border because so many Chinese are fleeing China because of the lockdowns and the zero-COVID policy. Yeah, but that's China. What about Australia? What about what about Europe? How many people were unable to travel or go? Did they not eventually say you can't go eat in certain restaurants in certain places in the United States? The only thing that saved the United States from looking just like Canada or most of Europe is that we are still, at least in vestiges, a republic, and that individual states had power. To resist and resisted and oppressed in different ways. And that gave us enough of a vantage point to go, wait a minute. If you're, th- again, your IQ is over 75 or you're not willfully ignorant, you go, well, obviously this is not necessary because they didn't do it here and nobody's falling over the street dying. But yeah, they, they would make it mandatory and they did. And we were all banned for that. We were all attacked for that. It was called a conspiracy theory. Our government would have loved to have done that. Tony Fauci was just asked about China's policy, and he responded with something to the effect of, really, really, we need more of that here in America. At the same time that we have government officials saying that what China's doing is wrong, but forgetting having you know, a convenient amnesia about what they advocated for in the past. Right. Did this happen? We also said lockdowns would not stop the virus, but would destroy the global economy. Remember that? Ah, you don't know. How how would you not stop the virus with lockdowns? We did lockdowns, and we still had the virus go everywhere. See, it was was really obvious what was going on. Wasn't it something like 15 days or 14 days to flatten the curve? That's how it started out, and everyone's like, oh, well, we can do that. And people said, that will, will never be all that they do. So it went from, well, if we don't do this, there'll be this huge spike in cases. It'll overwhelm the hospitals. And not only will people die of COVID, they'll die of other things that they should be getting treated for at the hospital. The hospital can't handle them. So 15 days into this, we had people going out with video cameras, going to hospitals and showing the hospitals were empty. There was nobody in the hospitals. They had the death count number going like ape shit in the Bottom corner of your TV. Hospitalization number going like crazy. In the bottom. Oh, everybody's overwhelmed. Everybody's overwhelmed. And I'm not saying at some points that different hospitals in different areas didn't get really hit hard with the sheer number of people, specifically in ICU. But that's there's a reason for that nobody wants to talk about. But it went from, well, we have to flatten the curve do we have to save lives at any cost? And then we started getting like special pleading. But what about this person who they can't, they can't be exposed. Well, then they can stay home. 
Well, even if they stay home, then then they could still get sick. So you're saying lockdowns. It was just nonsense. It never worked, and there was never a reasonable expectation that it would work. You don't do a quarantine of healthy people. You quarantine sick people. That's what a quarantine is, or at least exposed people, known exposed people. We also said that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were effective and very safe medications. I really shouldn't put those in one. Effective is debatable. How effective, we don't know, because it was never sufficiently tested properly. There are some very strong indicative studies that show effectiveness of both medications. Hydroxychloroquine is the one that I know a lot more about. I've taken it myself, and I know the mechanism very well by which it works. And once you understand the scientific fact of the mechanism of how it works, then you have no doubt that it probably works. Hydroxychloroquine is an ionophore for the, for the, the element zinc. And when you have zinc inside the human cell, it shuts down RNA replicating viral activity extremely well. It's like a, it's like a, 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 a sedative for viral reproduction. And this is known scientific fact. And this was known long before we ever heard of COVIDs. And so you have to put zinc with the hydroxychloroquine to get the effect. And in every trial that I ever saw, they didn't. They gave it to late-stage patients in toxic amounts and then said it was dangerous. Ivermectin, incredibly safe medication as well. Some real real promising-looking results from the few studies that were done that, yes, it's effective. They've also weighted studies to make sure that they failed because they do this on purpose. And this was another thing that happened during COVID. We never had a time in history where to try a medication that was known safe and effective for other things and write a prescription off label. We first had to have a complete gold standard study that was signed off on by the CDC. Doctors prescribe medications every freaking day off label. No one says anything. No one says shit. Well, you know, this is an anti-inflammatory, so what you have, while it was never tested for this, is indicative of an inflammatory disorder, so we'll try this and see how it works. And when doctors collectively kind of like say empirically, like, we've all done this and it works, we value their input, we value their feedback and say, hey, these are guys who went to freaking medical school, they did internships, they went through rigorous uh, certification processes, MDs, hey, if they say it works, it probably works, maybe we should study it. We don't say, hey, you can't prescribe. We were prevented physicians from treating diseases in front of them with things that they believe work that we knew were safe. And that's the more important thing. We were told by the government and by the media that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were dangerous. They said that hydroxychloroquine should only be used in a hospital, only under the supervision of a doctor. When Department of Veteran Affairs alone gives over 60,000 doses a day out to outpatients, mostly for lupus. So we know it's incredibly safe. I took it for six months when I was in Honduras as an anti-malarial. In most of the world, it's sold over the counter. We know it's safe. Ivermectin, they took a different tack. They referred to it as horse paste and horse medicine, as though anything that you use on a horse is only for horses. Ivermectin is considered one of the most important medications in the world for humans. 
And it's, it's a very safe medication. Very safe. And they lied about it in the open, and they still got it. And there's still people that if you say, well, ivermectin, let's ask for horses. Well, go ask your doctor about ivermectin for anything other than COVID. Anything that they use ivermectin for, be like, oh, yeah, is it safe? Well, yeah. What about COVID? Oh, I don't, I don't want to lose my license. That's what that comes down to. Um, the six-foot rule was arbitrary and meaningless. We know that's true. I won't even go into it. But, like, that was like this. Everybody stays six feet apart. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life, especially when they did it, like, at supermarkets when you're standing in line, but everybody had to go in and out one door or at an airport. You stand in line to get on the plane six foot apart, and it makes it take, like, three times as long to get everybody shit on the airplane so we can take off. And then you're sitting next to a fat dude that's pouring into your seat, sweating on you five minutes later, and you're doing that for four hours on the plane. The whole shit with restaurants and six feet and stand outside, and then you go in the restaurant, and everybody sits down at the same table. Hell, I went on vacation and we were with friends, and the, the, the people on the beach didn't want to put the two on. They said the umbrellas had to put, you know, at least six feet apart. We're like, we are staying together. We're eating together. And they didn't. And I'm like, give me the freaking up. And I moved it myself. This was all stupidity. And most of the people, like the guys that were doing that, they didn't want to get in trouble with their boss. When I moved it, they're like, we don't care. I, the guy gave me his drill to drill down and to put the because he didn't care because now he can say, well, he did it. He didn't want to get in trouble. That's what all of this was. Is people didn't want to get in trouble, so they complied, which made it more likely that it would keep going and get worse, which it did. Eventually, the COVID vaccine would be combined with the flu vaccine, and you'd need to get either both. You'd have to get both to get one. So I'm not big on the flu vaccine, but overall, I believe it's it's effective. When, on rare occasions, they get it right, because it's a different vaccine every year based on the claim of the flu they expect to be most dominant. And I believe it's, in general, as safe as vaccines generally are. I don't believe it's anywhere near as dangerous as the COVID vaccine. So there might be people that want to get the flu vaccine that don't want to get the COVID vaccine. Right now, you, it's still two separate vaccines. I have a link and a proof point here. They're working on it right now, and I was the, I said it again before there was a COVID vaccine in trials. I said they're going to combine them as quickly as they can, and then they'll do just like they did with the MMR, et cetera. Like, you won't be able to get one and not the other. They're heading there. So that's not true yet, but it's going to be. And it's being developed, and it's a universal COVID vaccine. What the f- is that? A universal. So supposedly it'll prevent all strains of COVID Ever to come, ever, but you'll still need to get constant boosters, which was the next thing we said, that the need for boosters would become unending. No, 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 you go out and get a vaccine, just like smallpox or whatever, it ain't good. <laughs> Anybody, do I have to even argue that now? And now what we see is that there is so much value in this to controlling the population with it that even though the vast majority of Americans are done with this, they're done. You see the occasional idiot posting a picture of themselves and their wife on an airplane with their masks on, and they're doing it for the safety of others. They're neurotic people who are living in fear doing it to protect themselves and or virtue signal. That's what they're actually doing, right? But most people get on a plane today, they don't give a shit. 
I go out to restaurants and stores and stuff like that. You see one person here and one person there masking up. I mean, very few. Most of them are old and scared, and you can tell that's what it is. Or there are the people that are like the pretentious virtue singling up. It's very, very few people. But they can't stand this. They can't, and they're doing everything they can. They're blowing on the last little ember, trying to get the fire going again. So here's some things they're doing right now. i got links to all this shit. The new scam is the tridemic. If you thought the pandemic was bad, what do you hear about the tridemic? The tridemic is apparently after being three years of can't find it, the flu's back. So you got the flu, we got the COVIDs, and RSV. We've had RSV and the flu for as long as we've had medicine and humanity and an ability to understand and how to diagnose an illness. So we have the flu, which is the same flu that we always had that nobody ever lost a shit about, except when they freaked you out in like 2012. It's the swine flu. So we have the flu, RSV, again. These are these are illnesses. They're viral illnesses. Sometimes they hit people pretty hard. Most people recover fine. We never felt the need to shut down society for them. But now we're going to add them back onto the COVIDs. And isn't it interesting that all of a sudden the flu is back? I couldn't find a reported case of the flu in 2021. This is something that never happened before. We never had a new viral disease show up and make the other one go away. So that was a lie. But now it's the tridemic. You're supposed to be afraid of the tridemic. Do you know that there's a trending hashtag on Twitter? No shit. You know what it is? Hashtag bring back masks. And there's actually a ton of neurosy-laden people out there that want masking brought back. And people say it's funny to read the conversations. Dude, put the, you want to wear a mask. No one's stopping you. And it's always, but what about this person and that person? They don't know, by the way, right? This poor person is immunocompromised. You're not worried about their safety. This whole freaking shit is a lie. But that is... And that is what I would call an astroturfed pseudo-organic movement. I think the majority of those people doing the hashtag bring back masks things are either paid, bots, etc. Like this is this is part of the overriding psyop. Um, people who don't have the vaccine are still being denied life-saving treatment. So you can go to the store, you can get on an airplane, you can go to a rock concert now without the vaccine. There's a little girl right now being denied a kidney transplant. She doesn't have the vaccine. She's also had COVID and recovered from it. Now, I don't know why the individual motivation of the particular decision maker was done for this one, but the fact that it's being done and then being put out in the media and then they are villainizing the family who's being victimized. Shows you what they're trying to say. You better get the vaccine, man. You better get it. And here, I'm not getting it, right? Um, but, yeah, that's still going on. The media and government insist that the pandemic is over. Thou doth protest too much. So very famously, a few months ago, Joe Biden said, hey, man, the pandemic's over. Look around. No one in here is wearing a mask. And immediately, there was a full frontal assault that's still going on. There's a new article or three every day. Think the pandemic's over? You're wrong. When the whole media gets together to counter an argument like that in a coordinated stance, 
they, they're, they're clearly trying to shove an agenda down your throat. The reality is the average person looks around and goes, yeah, it is over. And you'll read these articles, think the pandemic's over. It's not. I got COVID. As though you're that important, right? You know, I've got flu. Does that mean there's a flu pandemic? Or if, if, if my kid picks his nose the wrong way and ends up with impetigo, does that prove there's an impetigo pandemic? I mean, this is nonsense. But they're still, they're pushing it. Um, additionally, deaths in healthy people are being explained in ridiculous ways. Absolute ridiculous ways. And this is the run cover fire for the vaccine. And this is going to get worse, and we're going to find out a hell of a lot more about it before it's over. But here's an example of some of the things that I have I have heard attributed to, like, young people dying of heart attacks and, and what have you. Climate change. Climate change is – I got a source article listed here. Climate change is why you might, you might be more likely to have a stroke. You know, it's one degree warmer. You're probably going to have a stroke today because you got the vaccine yesterday. No, 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 no. You see these kids having heart attacks. And when I say kids, again, I'm not talking about just an age group. I'm talking about the ones that you see very publicly, these, these you know, internationally uh, renowned uh, soccer, a.k.a. football players, right, falling over in the middle of a field and dying. You see these kids dying in, like, high school basketball games and stuff. You look at these kids, and these kids are in good shape. These are top athletes. And I'm going to tell you that occasionally in that demographic, these kids, some of them did have heart attacks and things like that. There are birth defects that can cause it. There's a thing on an impact called a cardiac concussion that can cause it. It happened before, and it was exceedingly rare. There'd be one to four cases in the United States in a year. Now we can't get out of a week without one to four public cases. There's a hell of a lot more than that, too. And there's a hell of a lot more of these kids that aren't dying, but they're having myocarditis and stuff like that. And it's all being explained stupidly. I saw one article that said, if you laugh when you're in the waiting room at the doctor's office on a regular basis, that you're more likely to have a heart attack. I don't know who the hell came up with that. I saw a little viral video recently about like how Vice comes up with a story ID idea. And it's a guy like covering his eyes and throwing dildos with a suction cup at a wall. And it was like, you know, minority and it was like trans and it was like poor country, Venezuela. And it was like drug uh, and it was uh, ketamine. And then you saw the Vice article was like, meet the transgendered ketamine dealers in, uh, in, in, in Venezuela. And it was a real Vice article. I, I think that's probably how you come up with an article that's about as good as it gets, right? It says laughing at the doctor's office means you could die suddenly. But it's not related to the, 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 the level of cover being provided here. When, you know, there should be journalists killing themselves to get the real story. And if they do, they should be like sitting on a Pulitzer Prize from that. But no, no, no one will actually dig in and ask hard questions because it is all coordinated and because they want to bring it back. They're also now, get this shit, do you know why the economy screwed up? It's because there's so many Americans who are permanently disabled with long COVID. 
Yeah, I, that, they threw the dildos at the wall again or something, man. Come on, guys. Really? No, you think I'm kidding? Go look up the audio notes to this podcast. If you're listening to it, uh, again, it is episode 3213. If you're watching the video about an hour after I finish here, it'll go live and you can go get all the source links. I'm not kidding you. They are saying the economy's in bad shape because so many people aren't working because they have long COVID disability. Really? Oh, you know what else they said about long COVID? That's why we need to bring back masks. So all the other special pleading fallacies and nonsense about masking have failed. People are done, but we got to protect from long COVID. So they'll, they'll wheel out somebody and say this person, you know, they have this uh, chronic uh, fatigue syndrome or something, and, and they got it's long COVID. You don't even know that it is. And even if it is, why should I wear a mask? This person already has it. All of this shows you, they. this is why I said long live the pandemic. They do not want to let it die. It's all bullshit. But I want you to understand why your neurotic friends and family members can't let it go. Not the media, not the government. Their motivation is clear. What about the average person that you know that otherwise is an intelligent person that's still afraid of this thing and still holding on to it and still arguing for the establishment even if they went on with their life? Number one. They are mentally damaged by this propaganda. This was the, the most malicious propaganda unleashed on the global population in the history of PSYOPs. When you start showing pictures of a faraway place where it can't be verified, of people running around in paper suits and other people falling over and dying, and then you put a real-time death counter and you report every new case like somebody just got Ebola, of a respiratory illness that you're no more likely to die from, by the way, than the flu. Like, there were 300 cases in so-and-so county, the highest ever. So, how many people are in the county? What percentage is that? Are they okay? Yeah? Then what? But no, they... When you have that kind of reporting done, when you have 24-7 wall-to-wall coverage saying that everybody's dying, that it's incredibly lethal. No one's immune. They're making statements that they can't possibly know. There's going to be a percentage of your population, much higher than you would think, especially in a day and age where people are so conditioned to believe and recognize the authority of the state, that are going to be long-term psychologically damaged. So that's one reason. They're also highly vested in the narrative. You know, your uncle that told you you were horrible, because you believe that a pill worked that the orange man touted. Uh, your uncle that told you you were killing grandma by not wearing your mask, etc. Even if he's not wearing his mask now, you think he forgot that he said all that shit? He might not talk about it, but he didn't forget that he said it. And now he's vested in it. He has to defend, but we had to do it. Now we're in a different place. But if we didn't do it then, even more people would have died. No way to justify that, but you mouthed off. You told everybody that you knew. Do you remember this line? I remember this line. I talk to three ER doctors every day. Everybody in my freaking Facebook feed, everybody in my Twitter feed, right? All of them. They all know th- three. Not one, not two, not five. Three that they talk to every day. Uh, bullshit. But it was that kind of people just running their mouth that now in their head, I must defend what I did so they can't let go. 
Next is flat medical and scientific ignorance. If you were to tell somebody, hey, do you know hydroxychloroquine is an effective treatment if used early for COVID, I guarantee you the person that will tell you no, it's not. I'm not talking about a mouthpiece on the TV set. I'm talking about your friend, your neighbor, your family member that would say, no, it's not. Say, okay, then help me out since clearly you know this to be true. Explain to me the theory behind why it works, and then explain to me what, where that theory is flawed. They don't know. They have no medical knowledge. They have no scientific knowledge. When they tell you it's been debunked, if you say, explain to me how it's been debunked. If they say it's science, say, explain to me how the scientific method was used to prove this. They don't know. Most of them, if you say, what is the scientific method? They'll say, that's the method scientists use. Now, I learned this in like third or fourth grade, the basic scientific method. Most people don't know the scientific method. I don't even know if they teach it in school anymore. I really don't. I mean, maybe they do. I don't know. But they don't know anything about medicine or science. You, if you listen to my show, know more about medicine and science than the average person does. And that's not our main body of subject matter, is it? Even though we do have a couple of doctors on our expert panel. Expert panel will be back tomorrow in regular form and format as well, by the way. And then science is not science. It's political identity at this point. Now, science has been corrupted for a lot longer than just the modern version thereof, but it's never been as bad. But at this point, and it started mainly with the whole climate change narrative, science and professed belief in science has become a political ideology. I'm not talking about the scientists. They're a victim of a different subset of controls, i.e. where the money comes from, right? I'm talking about people that are not scientists. You have people that, that deny actual science, by the way. It's not like there's no such thing as a science denier. They, they, they don't know anything about science. And you have people that absolutely know nothing about science, that as long as it comes from somebody in a white coat or the TV set, or whatever, and it said that it's science, it said science is agreed, you know, the vast majority of scientists agree with, they'll just profess it. They'll never question it, and if you question it, you're wrong. You have to be ignorant of science and the scientific method to shout down those who dare question it. Science is an error detection process. That's what it's supposed to be. Science is an error-detecting process that's never settled. Even when we think we know, do we know enough about it? Could we understand it better? Are we absolutely certain that we know what we think we know? And you should welcome anybody that questions it, even if you disagree with them. And it, it, science requires rigorous academic debate, and we can't have it. So what that's resulted in is I will profess to believe the science with no understanding of the science whatsoever, but I have to because I vote Democrat. That's literally what it's become. So that neurotic uncle of yours, that's what he's, he's coming, coming from a place of being mentally damaged by propaganda, highly vested in the narrative, being ignorant of science and medicine, but feeling a need to profess a belief in science and medicine based on what the TV says. And he's not going to change. My solution to this non-compliance, ignore these idiots and go on with your life. And, and so they'll say, well, Jack, what about China where they're welding people into buildings? You know, all kinds of shit goes on in China that we don't get any say-so over. 
China is really hurting themselves right now. And I don't mean like hurting its own people. I mean the, the, the tactics of the government in China are hurting China to the point where eventually it's really going to hurt the government itself. I hate it. I wish it was going on, wasn't going on, but I know my pay grade, as we used to say in the military, and I got no say-so in this. There probably aren't a lot of you listening to me in China. I'm pretty sure I'm banned in China, okay? If you can listen to me, odds are, wherever you are, it is, it is you have the ability to mostly ignore these people and go on with your life. And I don't care what they do now. You know, I don't care if Abbott has a stroke and wakes back up and says, you know what, we're bringing mask mandate. I'm not doing it. I barely did it when they did it the first time. I would do it when I wanted to eat at a restaurant because they wouldn't seat me. And I'd walk in, no mask, okay, here, sit down, take it off, go off my life. That would be, like, I went to a couple things that, like, we went to a symphony thing my wife really wanted to go to, and they made us wear it for that. And I only did that for my wife. I went to the stores where they said, you know, you have to wear them. I just didn't. I just did. Occasionally, I would put one on, right, or pull my shirt over my mouth to pay for my shit because I needed to take it with me. But I just ignored it. Now, I wouldn't even token comply with anything. Don't comply and be verbal, not nasty, but verbal about the fact that I intend to not comply. If your family brings it up or whatever, you know, you do whatever you want, Uncle Tom, Uncle Tim, Uncle you know, Bill, whatever, Aunt Sue, whatever. You do whatever you want. I'm never doing this again. I'm never getting a vaccine for this shit because it's not a vaccine and I don't trust it. And I think, you know, people always ask me, Jack, would you get a vaccine for? OK, this is how I make a decision about getting a vaccine. It's very simple. Every vaccine has risk associated with it. Some vaccines have incredibly. Uh, I was going to say minor, but minor is not the word I'm looking for. Incredibly unlikely that there will be a risk, exceedingly rare that you're going to have a side effect from at all, let alone a severe one. Okay, So some of them are really safe as long as you don't have a reaction, and it's unlikely that you will. Different vaccines start to move the needle in the other direction where the possibility of a reaction is higher and the possibility of a reaction being severe is higher. And I would say of all the vaccines, if you want to call it a vaccine that exists today, you know, the one that has the most probability of doing harm to you right now that's available that you can freely go get is the mRNA COVID vaccine. Okay? It's the most risky vaccine that we have on the market today. It doesn't mean that everybody that gets it's going to die. I've never been the person that says that, okay? Then we have some vaccines that I think are in, inherently not very risky, like Tetanus. Tetanus works. It's effective. You know, chicken pox. Chicken pox, you cannot say the chicken pox vaccine is not effective. Right? You, you can't say that. And the reason you can't say it, it's the same reason we can say that the COVID vaccine isn't effective. Have you seen a kid with chicken pox anytime recently? When I was a kid, everybody got chicken pox. Everybody got chicken pox. I have heard almost no reports of kids dying because they got the chicken pox vaccine. And I haven't seen any kids with chicken pox. I think it's effective and relatively safe. So the, the equation then that I'm going to do when it comes to me making a personal medical decision about what goes in my body or does not, does the risk of the illness exceed the risk of the vaccine? 
And if I honestly felt they were equal, I would err to the side of natural health and not do it. If I thought the risk of the illness was significant and the risk of me contracting and having a bad outcome from the illness was significant and the risk of the vaccine was minor, I would get the vaccine because no matter what you say, Internet, I hear it all the time. I'm anti-vax. I am not anti-vax. I am informed consent only. That's what I am. And so that's the information I want. So what is my risk from COVID? I'm 50 years old. I'm in good fucking health. I lost a shitload of weight a few years ago, so I'm not a fat ass anymore. I've already had COVID. I barely had any symptoms. I worked right through it. So my risk from COVID is obviously almost nothing. So the, the vaccine exceeds the risk of the disease. I'm not getting the vaccine. Now, I will be attacked for that. I will be maligned for that. If I was on YouTube, I would be banned for saying that. And I would be called crazy and a conspiracy theorist. But to me, that is the most logical way that you could approach any medical solution. So I will not comply and I will not ever hesitate to tell somebody who asks or brings the subject up, I'm not complying with that. And the reason is, is this. It's not to be right. It's because courage creates courage and fear creates fucking fear. The reason we had mass psychosis is because everybody was acting in fear simultaneously, so people started trying to outdo each other with fear. Remember when I said I would go to stores and not wear my mask? Okay, this is where I really picked up on how powerful that was. Walk into a Walmart. Sir, would you like a mask? No, thank you. I have one. I just walk along. Guy making 11 bucks an hour standing there at the door is not going to come get in a fight with a dude over a mask. He doesn't, like, he's got other shit to worry about. I do what I could, right? So you go walk into the store. You look around, and everybody's in masks. Oh, the fear eyes. And you see a dude look at you. And he looks around. And he looks at you again. And he's like, well, if he's not wearing a mask. So the person that was almost going to do it already, boom, the mask comes off. You walk through the store. When you leave the store, there's 30 or 40 people in that store that are not masking anymore. They've decided, no, I'm not doing this because one person had the courage to go first. So the reason I will be vocal with my refusal to comply and act boldly and be seen doing it, is it for me? It's so that that can hit others because I know every person bifurcates. It two tells two tells two, two type of thing. Right? So don't ever comply with this ever again. Don't kid yourself either. A lot of you guys are still living in fantasy land. We need Nuremberg 2.0, man. First of all, the place you're referencing Nuremberg and the Nuremberg trials is the perfect place to destroy your fantasy. There were thousands upon thousands of people complicit inside the Nazi regime that had the ability to do something that weren't just following the orders, right? There were thousands of these people that were murderous scum, apologistic propagandists, etc. I think there were 11 executions for Nuremberg, if I remember the number right. Everybody shows the famous gallows where they hung everybody. Yeah, that's exactly how many people they hung. That was it. One time. Done. We're out of here. The people that they put in prison, they got long sentences. None of them did long sentences. They were all out very, very early. And most of the Nazis got split up between the Soviets and the U.S. and taken back to their respective countries and used for scientific research and given great jobs and protected. So 
if they didn't even really hold the Nazis accountable, do you think they're going to hold themselves accountable? It's not going to happen. You'll never get Nuremberg 2.0. But even that isn't what you seem to think it is. Don't kid yourself. More truth is going to come out than you can imagine in the next year. And you're going to be like, see? And your neurotic uncle's going to be like, no. It won't matter. Jesus and Buddha could come together down out of the sky and say it's true, and he won't believe them. So he's not going to believe it because Thomas Massey asked somebody a question on the floor of the Congress. Tons of stuff's going to come out. There's going to be tons of shit out there. They're finally going to pay. The truth is out. Breaking, boom, bombshell. Bullshit. Nothing is ever going to be done about this. They're, they're right now... The Republicans in Congress are making sure in order to spend billions of dollars we don't have and reauthorize the National Defense Authorization Act that they make a deal for our soldiers and we stop mandating the vaccine in the military. Which, by the way, the bring back masking crowd on Twitter is losing their minds about. Okay, but you know what they're not doing? They're not doing anything to say, hey. You need to go give all those soldiers you got rid of that you, you, you did this to their job back with back pay or something like that. No, they don't care about that. They care about making sure there's a budget so they can continue to spy on you, right? That They care about that. It, it, it's a little virtue signaling token thing. It's those types of things that will be done. We've already gotten rid of almost everybody that said no. Now they're worried about recruiting. So the recruiting numbers are in the shitter, and they got rid of the old guard. They wanted to get rid of the old guard. The Republicans are playing their part in the play. That's what's going on. No one will fix this. Don't expect justice. Justice, if it comes at all, will come in the afterlife for this shit. And, and may God have mercy on the souls of those people if there is justice in the afterlife, because it's going to be bloody justice in the afterlife for those people. But it's the, there might be one person here and there that gets a little bit of trouble or gets fired. Or Overall, nothing is going to be done. It's like the same shit with all these Twitter files coming out, right? And Elon releasing all this information. Like, oh, wow, look, we, we all knew it. No one cares. No one's going to pay. No one's going to get fired. No one's going to get fined. Might be some people fired from Twitter. That's about it. Don't go get great jobs doing something else or make big speaking uh, salaries or something like that or get government jobs or what have you. The pattern is in all things. That's why I did this episode. Like I said, this is the most blatant use of the PSYOP pattern that the authorities have ever used, ever. It's never been more clear. And so what I want you to take from this is you'll see it in science. You'll see it in academia, et cetera, politics. Everywhere you go, you'll see the same pattern repeat itself. So you can never trust the system ever again. I don't care if you only had a little bit of trust in the past. That has to die. That's what has to die in the end of this pandemic is your trust in their system. And I say this all the time. It doesn't mean that they're always lying. It means you need to assume they're lying until you prove to yourself otherwise. You cannot trust a system like this. It cannot be trusted. And it should be not be trusted. And I'll explain to you what I mean by the patterns the same everywhere. Go look at the work that Graham Hancock is doing. Graham Hancock is a writer and a reporter, and he, he's, he's very well known for being on Joe Rogan. He has a guy he does a lot of work with named Randall Carlson, and they believe that there was a great catastrophe that impacted the planet 
about the time of the Younger Dryas. They have a very compelling case that they can make for their what they believe. Graham is not a scientist and doesn't claim to be, even though people keep calling him a pseudoscientist as a reporter. He goes and talks to scientists and then writes books and articles and does documentaries about what scientists act in the field doing the work say. But he's maliciously attacked. There is no study. There is no consensus. Pseudoscience. You go look at the way that that man is treated. And you go, it's the same playbook. I guarantee you'll find it in every so-called science out there. We have now moved to a place where science is funded with government money. It is controlled by bureaucrats. It's experienced regulatory capture of the highest degree. And so the same pattern will repeat. It'll be done in the media. I'm going to tell you, none of this is new. I had a guy used to work for me named Mark, and his uh, fiance at the time was a reporter for a major uh, news outlet in Dallas, Texas. And he came in, he said she just quit her job. Now, this is 2004-ish, right? So she, that's, she had a pretty good job, didn't she? He goes, yeah, he goes, she can't take it anymore. And I said, well, what, what's the deal? And he said, all the things she knows that are true that she can't report, all the things that they know are true, they have sources for, they can prove. And, and, and I said, yeah, I, I know that happens. He said, she, every day there's something new that they won't let her report on. And he said, but that's not what made her quit. And I'm like, well, okay. He goes, well, see, like, she understands that you only have so much time in a newscast and you, you got to pair what you can cover. He said, it's the fact that they will often, within a week or two, report exactly the opposite of what she brought them proof of because that's on the agenda. But they won't cover the angle that shows that maybe that's wrong. And they know it's, they know the angles there because it was already pushed. It was already submitted by a reporter. This isn't new. None of this is new. Never trust them. Always verify. If you can't verify a thing, assume it's not true. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you do and you want to help support me, one of the things you can do is just do your online shopping starting where? tspaz.com, T-S-P-A-Z, tspaz.com. If you go to tspaz.com, you can help support this show no matter what you buy. And I got something new for you guys today. Um, as you guys know, I am a huge fan of sous vide cooking, right? Let's talk about something a little bit more productive right now instead of uh, uh, what we've been talking about, like all of this bad news and, and what the government's doing and what have you. What well, about cooking really good meals for yourself? Um this is the Insta Accu Slim Sous Vide Precision Cooker. Basically, it's a sous vide circular made by the same people that make the Instapot sous vide circular uh, circulator. Now, why did I come up with a new one? Well, my Anova went to sous vide heaven. It, it's it's actually mine's not dead. Mine's on life support. So I was using my sous vide the other day, and I noticed that the temperature kept fluctuating wildly. And I'm like, what's going on here? And, like, the one steak was getting, like, overcooked, and the other one was undercooked. And I'm like, what's going on? And so I took it apart, and it turned out the little propeller that moved the water around wasn't turning, and I couldn't fix it. What I actually did, I bought a cheap little $10 nano aquarium uh, submersible pump. You stick it on the side of the thing, and it circulates the water, and it works perfectly. Uh, but I wanted a sous vide circulator that worked the way it was supposed to as well. It gave me an opportunity to go research for you. I found this one. I actually will tell you, I bought it because it was on sale 
for 69 bucks. It normally is 99 and by the time I had put it through its paces, it was willing to recommend it, recommend it the, the sale price was gone. So 99 bucks puts it about the same price as the Anova Nano, about 40 bucks less than the AN500 that I own. The other reason I got a new one, though, it was really weird. Like, I had it die. And I texted my buddy David. We're kind of food geeks, and we talk to each other all the time about stuff like this. And he said, yeah, mine just died too. And I said, well, what happened? He said, mine started boiling the water. Like, the thermostatic control died on it, and it was boiling the water like mad. And so I had to get rid of it because he couldn't figure out how to fix this. So, like, with two Anovas dying, like, a week apart, maybe it's time to give somebody new a, a shot. So I am really impressed uh, with the Instapot model version of it. And I love that it has a, a clip on the back of it that is, you know, one-handed and locks itself on the side of the pot or the, the cooking uh, apparatus or whatever. Really cool. And one thing you might want to do, though, is look at my write-up today. I give you a whole bunch of things you can do with sous vide that is not making a steak, like how to make yogurt, how to make cheese, how to make egg bites, how to boil eggs, how to make creme brulee how to prep steaks in advance, and how to defrost meat that you didn't take out when you should have, even if you're not going to sous vide it, but just how quickly you can defrost. So let me give you those last two. Uh, it's like my jacks tube of the day, something practical to go with all this other COVID crap we talked about. Number one, if you have something that's in the freezer, you're not going to sous vide cook it, but it's frozen, and you should have took it out yesterday. If you throw it in water and set your sous vide cooker to like 50 degrees, so it's just like room temperature water because it won't eat it at all, just that water circulating around, it will defrost like quick. Like a normal good thick steak will defrost in about 20 minutes that way. Even a big roast will defrost in about an hour. So it's great for quick defrosting. This gives you a totally different option, though. Often what I'll do is this. I get some steaks in, and I'll season them. Maybe one I season more toward the Tex-Mex style, one, one more classic, salt, pepper, garlic, onion, what have you. And then I'll put them in vacuum seal bags, just like I'm going to sous vide them. And I'll vacuum seal them in my chamber vac. And I'll write on them how they're seasoned and the date, so I know that. And I throw them in the freezer. And it'll be 4.30 in the afternoon, and I'll be like, what would you take out for dinner? And she's like, I forgot. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'll go buy, go grab a couple steaks out of the freezer, frozen solid, set my sous vide temperature to 138 degrees, which I happen to love. Plunk. Throw them in there frozen. I know they're going to take about 30 minutes to defrost, and as that water comes up to temperature, so I'll give them an extra 30 minutes of cook time. Easy, simple. I resisted sous vide when I first heard about it, and I did it because I thought it was kind of like a fussy pain-in-the-ass type of thing. How non-pain-in-the-ass is it to be able to grab two steaks out of the freezer, not even defrost them, throw them in and cook them, and all you got to do is sear them off to finish them, which you throw them in a hot pan for... 30 seconds on both sides. That's it. And it's the best steak you'll ever eat, in my opinion. Anyway, check it out today. You can find all my recommendations at tspaz.com. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in today. Looks like we had a pretty good discussion going on over on Rumble. Uh, Nick Burke was actually most of the discussion. A few other people there. Quite a few people watching. Again, I, uh, I'm not sure what happened on Rumble all of a sudden, but we had some really good uh, view casts the last couple of days. We'll see if that holds true for today. I appreciate all of you. Expert Council Show coming to you tomorrow uh, in the regular format. Everything's back in operation. Are they going to bail you out or just run you around? They said you should have a house via me.
Revolution is here.